Hello and welcome to Troubleshooting Baby. I'm Laura. I'm a newborn care specialist, postpartum doula, and former nanny. And I'm Alika, also a newborn care specialist, postpartum doula, and former nanny. And we're here today to talk about parents working from home. Um, so yeah, with COVID, <laughs> this is oh, thrown yes. a wrench and just so much for so many families because everybody is working from home now. <laughs> if you know, whether you want to or not, so many people don't really have a choice about it right now. And it's creating a lot of like difficult situations. A lot of, uh, stress in the household for both parent, baby, and caretaker. So we just thought we would kind of troubleshoot some thoughts and ideas and how to make this a smoother transition for everybody. When we were first talking about this, um, Laura, you came up with a really good idea about that, the loose schedule. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like so much of the time, the frustration with both parents and caregivers is when nobody knows what to anticipate and people are popping in and out of rooms and, you know, baby is seeing mom jump into the room, but not interacting with baby. And that's frustrating for baby. And then that becomes frustrating for the caregiver and everybody just sort of feeds off this energy of frustration all day long. And I think maybe just having a loose schedule for everybody in the household. So, you know, parents, you know, I mean, obviously if something is just going completely haywire, we'll talk about that in a little bit. That's a different situation. But in general, like if everybody knows when to anticipate people are going to be hopping out, you know, into the common areas, that would be helpful for a lot of situations just so everybody knows what to anticipate. Yeah, I, I think that definitely could help. I think um, coming up with that loose schedule and maybe if the parent is working and the baby's crying and it's really causing internal stress for the parent, physically and mentally, because if they're breastfeeding, there's probably going to be a physical response. Yeah. Um, Maybe send, I don't know, what do you think, Laura, if they sent a text to the caregiver and just said, hey, I'm yeah. here if you need backup. Maybe that's the way, like, I'm here if you need yeah. backup. Yeah, no, I think that would be, like, a great idea because that way it kind of comes in with the, I'm here to help if you want or need help, but I'm not assuming that you need help. And I think that's where a lot of caregivers' minds jump to when somebody jumps in the room and it's like, are you okay? It's like, well, yeah, but now I'm not sure. <laughs> like, the seed of doubt has been planted right now. I was okay, yeah. but now I'm wondering if I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah. It's also super stressful for anybody with a crying child, because it might not even be an infant. It could be a three-year-old having a tantrum. And yeah. even the most, you know, seasoned professional. I mean, you and I have what, like over 25 years in child 
care combined. Yeah. Combined. So (laughs) I feel pretty confident that we can be put into any stressful situation and work it out, but it's still going to cause some stress. And when somebody comes in and says like, is, you know, is everything okay, Alika? I'm like, well, it was, I mean, your baby's just crying. You know, I'm I'm changing her diaper and she's not happy right now. And I've got it. It's sort of like that one, two, three, like, you know, let's just take a moment before we jump in. And I think what happens sometimes is the parent just runs in. Understandably, I'm not putting any judgment there. And it happens to the nanny too. I've, I've totally had that happen where I'm in a, with the parent and me at home. You know, we're both there for whatever reason. And the child, the parent's getting completely frustrated with the child. And I totally jump in. And that probably isn't the most appropriate, but it's super hard. It's like sitting on your hands, taking a breath, counting the three and seeing, do they need my help instead of I'm here, I'm here. Let me do it. Let me fix it. Right. And I think too, it's one of those things like on the caregiver side, I feel like it happens the most at the end of the day. And (laughs) It's usually something that you as the caregiver have navigated like four times already in the past two hours. And you've got a trick that is working today and you're like, oh, oh, this trick. And it comes from a place of like, you know, the purest intentions. You just want to be helpful and like, oh, I figured out today that this trick really works well in this situation, but it just kind of, I don't know. It probably feels very invasive to the parents. And it's like, I'm, this is my kid. I got this. Yeah, totally. Or sometimes they're happy, but it still makes the caregiver feel strange. Like, yeah, what's my place? And now if you're staying, yeah. if you're having the parents there all the time, it's, it's going to be fuzzy boundaries of who's in charge and when, and what does that all look like? Yeah. Yeah. No, that has to be so, very confusing for kids. Like just not knowing who, who's the point person right now, who am I supposed to go back to? Is is Alika in charge right now or is mom in charge or dad? Like, I don't know. Maybe the papa over there is in charge. It's (laughs) the only thing that makes sense at this point. They might as well be in the mix too. Exactly. When I have had parents work from home, when I was working, when I was nannying and not, it wasn't a daily thing, but there would definitely be days I'd have a parent home working from their home office. The parent let the child know that I was in charge, you know, that mm. the, the times I'm here, my rules apply and they can come run and tell on me, you know, tell the parent on me, but the parent's going to back me up. And that mm. made it a whole lot easier because if they went to go tell mom, I always just sort of laugh like, okay. Right. Right. And that is so, so helpful when parents and caregivers are working together as a team. That is a great, great point because I've been on the reverse end of that before as a caregiver where I would set a boundary and then the kids would just go to mom and dad and they'd be like, whatever, we don't care. You do what you want. And that really created a very 
frustrating power dynamic for me as the caregiver because, you know, the kids knew that if I set a boundary that they didn't like, they would just go to mom and dad and they would, you know, overturn that boundary. And I felt like I couldn't be the best caregiver in that situation because the kids knew that they didn't need to, you know, respect my boundaries that I set. So yeah, (laughs) that can be extremely frustrating. And I think, you know, if it happens once, like whatever, we all have weird days and I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the parents and just assume they didn't realize what was going on. But if it's a consistent pattern, like, yeah, I'm going to make that a discussion between the parents and myself because, and not in front of the kids, never in front of the kids, but that needs to be a conversation because if I can't be a good caregiver, if I don't have my boundaries respected, then maybe I'm not the best caregiver in this situation. It's, that's a really good point because it also brings up to mind for me, kind of when you get hired as a nanny and professional nannies have the experience, the education and the knowledge Mm. of being in, you know, just being in charge with that child and it's not a babysitter. I mean, a babysitter looks very different. And I think there are sometimes parents or personalities um, that are hiring a nanny to look, you know, 40, 45 hours of care for their child, but in their mind, it's a babysitter. Um, They're thinking, I'm gonna tell the nanny exactly what needs to be done today. And I don't mean like, you know, this is the schedule or, and could you get to these tasks today? That's understandable. That's expected, but more like I'm in charge of you and you're just there to be a person in the house to watch my children. It's a different hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah. I was just kind of think it's a different mindset because the, the last job I had, the only job I had, and I let it, lasted 12 years and it lasted 12 years for a really good reason because it was a Mm -hmm. great uh relationship for both of us all of us and I remember I was just filling in for her too at first it wasn't even I was she had hired somebody that's a whole nother story for another day um I remember her saying like you're here so I don't have to worry about the children during the day like I need you to do that Mm -hmm because I yeah. had to be focused at my job. So she could work from home and she could be at the office and she took lots of, had to take trips. And I always knew what she would want done with her children. It was like easy peasy, right? And, and I think a big part was our communication was always very open. I think that is a big key to um, having a good caretaker and um, parent relationship is yeah that communication yeah for sure um I think that goes kind of back we were talking about this a little bit earlier off camera but um with the mindset of collaboration not competition and like when you have a parent who feels like they're the boss if they feel like they're on a different tier than you then they're going to start micromanaging your every move 
And, you know, there's a caregiver out there for that. That might be a babysitter. That might be a mother's helper. That might be somebody who likes a little more direction. And that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But in general, nannies are used to working with more autonomy in their job. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just, you know, especially before COVID, when parents would leave children with a nanny and be gone, like my last job was 12 to 14 hour shifts, oh, yeah. three days a week. So from the time baby got up in the morning until they went to bed, I was the caregiver that day. And the parents, you know, gave me complete autonomy. They were both in busy jobs where they didn't really have the ability to stay in good communication all day. Uh, so I would keep them updated, but I never expected a response. I never expected approval for anything. It was more like, hey, just so you know, we're going to this toddler gym. We're going to be there from now until just after lunchtime, and then we will be back for nap time. Just in case, you know, there's like an earthquake or something, and Mm -hmm. you need to be able to find us. This is where we are. Mm -hmm. And... Like sometimes I would get an, okay, great, have fun. And then other times it would be two or three hours before I got a response. And both of those were fine. It wasn't waiting for a response and everybody yeah. understood that. And it was, it was normal. I mean, now with COVID, like it's a different story because everybody's at home and just kind of on top of each other. And right now it's winter on top of that. So that isn't yeah. helping the whole not getting outdoors situation. Yeah, right. But yeah, I think it's a like an autonomy thing for a lot of nannies too. And I would just ask that maybe parents understand that this is a big learning curve for nannies as well right now as a lot of parents. And we're all just learning together right now because this has been a very abrupt shift for everybody. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's my rant. <laughs> no, and I think it's a really good point. And it made me think about back in March when this first started, we all thought it was going to be two weeks, maybe a month. Mm. So we didn't really think it was going to turn into this permanent or semi-permanent uh, experience. And I think you brought up a great point because I've had jobs where I would check it just like that, send a text or send a picture. I, I, I was that kind of nanny that just liked to keep parents feeling like they were Mm -hmm. part of the activity so I'd always send pictures of what we were doing sometimes I wouldn't even say we're going to the children's museum here I would just like here's a picture yeah we're here they're having (laughs) so much fun and we're gonna stay for lunch and we'll be home um and I think that uh just that I think it really comes down to those two things open communication which is hard and it doesn't yeah sometimes it doesn't start right from the beginning it takes some time to develop yeah. on both sides because people have different communication styles, right? So, yeah. And then that I like that idea of a loose schedule, sort of, you know, this is, this is the schedule. The nanny could create a schedule of the day and then the parent could kind of pop, like not pop in, that's not what I meant, but yeah. pencil in the times that would be helpful or non disruptive mm-hmm. it's going to be really disruptive for the parent to come out right when the nanny is getting the kid ready to go outside to play I mean that right. is not the time that that's... or 
or trying to get a baby or toddler into bed. Yes. And then mom shows up and then they get amped up and they want to play. Yeah. You know what my feeling is with that? Yeah. My feeling would be like, here you go. Your baby, put him (laughs) to sleep. I'm going to go have lunch. Which is another thing that people (laughs) don't really realize are there's plenty of days where we don't get to sit down and have lunch or a break. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There really are. Yeah. Our break could be with a baby in our arms and I really need to go to the bathroom and there really isn't a way for me to go to the bathroom. So I didn't pee alone for 12 years. That, that for sure. (laughs) But there are times where literally you can't even go because if you get up, the baby's going to wake up and it's just not worth ruining. The nap is more important. Yeah. There's just certain times they're teething. They didn't sleep last night. They're having a horrible day. Yeah. Um, No, I, I go to the bathroom. Like as soon as I get baby into bed, that is the golden window. God, that was a bad (laughs) pun. That wasn't intended to be a pun, (laughs) but it's, it's the best window. I'm going to just rephrase that Yeah, to go to the bathroom because babies and then slightly like sound or sleep at that point and exactly. you can sneak into the bathroom and be quick about it I usually don't even flush the toilet because I'm like not oh, worth no. it <laughs> not worth the wake them up <laughs> exactly but no yeah then you run to the bathroom and you're trying to like eat lunch while you're washing the dishes and getting the bottles caught up for the day and sterilizing bottles and then if you're lucky, baby sleeps more than half an hour and you can actually sit down for a few minutes and like be you and have like a mental break as well as yeah. a physical break. But not always. There are so many <laughs> days where like baby just takes a cat nap midday and you're like, okay, this yeah. one's a marathon. Let's go. <laughs> and then you just make more coffee and roll with it. Yeah. You have to go to the bathroom more, but make it yeah. work. The well, bathroom the is away. Very... Yeah, right. <laughs> the bathroom is so funny because when they're in toddler stage, I mean, how many times have you had toys just keep toys in the bathroom just to keep them entertained so you can get your business done? Or yeah. have you ever done the bath? Have you ever used the bathtub trick where you put <laughs> toys in the bathtub and put them in there so that they can yeah. get out? I have with bathroom? like older kids for sure. Yeah. Like toddlers once they're yes once they're mobile totally Um, because that floor doesn't work anymore they try to go for the door and you're like trying to reach to the door while you're on the toilet right and I'm so paranoid that I'm going to accidentally pinch fingers or something oh yeah oh my did I ever tell you about the time I had a bathroom door break on me uh no and I'm not sure exactly what you mean oh my gosh it was a whole thing. I will tell the story because it's kind of great. But this is why I don't shut the bathroom door at houses anymore. Because once I was taking care of two toddlers and a nanny share. They were maybe two, two and a half at the time. They were pretty young. I closed the door and I went to the bathroom and I washed my hands and then I turned the bathroom doorknob and the knob <gasps> didn't turn. The mechanism oh. inside the doorknob broke. Wait, where were the children? 
outside in the living room it was like a living room kitchen open floor plan situation luckily like there's nothing down low that they could get to it was pretty baby proof and I had the gate it was in one of those like three-story townhomes and we were on the second floor and I had all of the gates closed because I'm already paranoid about that still and so okay what in the world did you have your phone no oh so okay so you know the hinges were inside so I was like oh awesome easy peasy I'll just pop the hinges out and then I'll explain to the family hey I took your bathroom door off the hinges because the knob broke like they're gonna understand Mm -hmm. I mean I'd been working with them for two and a half years Mm -hmm. at that point I started when the girls were you know three months and three and a half months it was a share so you know I'd been with with them for like over two years so they know Mm -hmm. I wouldn't you know just mess around with their bathroom door without a good reason um but the hinges had caps on both ends that were glued in what so yeah so there was a cap on the bottom of the hinge and I couldn't just access the hinge to pop it out. So that was fun. Oh and so gosh. then I'm like, okay, plan B, or I guess, I don't know, maybe this is plan C at this point. Cause plan yeah. A was just opening the door. Right. <laughs> so this is like the guest bathroom because it's downstairs and the bedrooms are upstairs, but there was like a, a few like basic, you know, bathroom instruments in there. And luckily there was a set of tweezers, oh like eyebrow tweezers. And so I dismantled the doorknob using eyebrow tweezers oh as gosh. a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. And so I get that out, but I still can't just pop the latch because it was facing away from me so I had to have something that I could hook around the latch on the door to like pop it open and I didn't have anything long enough to hook around because that was another thought I was like maybe I could just hook something around this and pop it open yeah no I did not have anything in that bathroom that would do it so I dismantled the doorknob and the mechanism in the latch is so broken (laughs) That I can't even get, like, it to move. I was hoping that I would be able to just turn it from the inside. No, it's broken. It's in pieces. And at that point, I was able to talk to the girls. I could still hear them playing in the living room. And I talked one of them into bringing my phone and holding it up to the door. And this is several years ago. So it was an early model iPhone where you had to like slide your finger all the way across the bottom. Well, my finger couldn't reach out to Great. slide across all the way across the bottom. What so I had to coach the two-year-old into <laughs> sliding the phone across my oh. finger through the hole in the doorknob so oh that I could unlock goodness. it. And then I was able to call one of their dads to come yeah. and let me out of the bathroom I was like wait shouting how, how did you do that <laughs> wait well, back was... up <laughs> how did okay. you get call how did you use your finger to call the dad well okay so I had I had to coach the two-year-old into moving my phone around right. so I could get to I like got... the contacts app oh my god and then I was able to call the dad and then I was able to put it on speakerphone and so I'm like oh yelling my... through the hole in the doorknob oh god, like hey 
Um, everybody's fine. The front door is unlocked, luckily, but uh, I'm trapped in the bathroom. And Phoebe, or oh my, I shouldn't say names, but one of the girls has my phone. Can you come and help me? And oh my he was just, you know, he was in the neighborhood. So he came right over and he has a, a lot of tools. So he brought, you know, some things to troubleshoot the situation. And once he was there, I was out of the bathroom in less than five minutes. But sure. yeah, wow. it took it took like 45 minutes for me to get to the point wow. where I could get through the doorknob. <laughs> That's so funny. And it's so lucky that you had a two-year-old that was able to, I mean, yeah. not every two-year-old would have been able to help you and you would have just yeah. been stuck. Right. Um, right. It's funny because I, I mean like TMI, but usually when I'm in someone's home with someone's children, I, end up, I don't close a door and not because I yeah. ever thought that would happen ever <laughs> more because I want to keep my ear if they are not with me, if they're with me, I close the door and we're all in the right. bathroom. If they're not, and a lot of times that's if they have an older sibling that can keep an eye, but I want to hear what's going on. Yeah. And privacy. It's not like we get privacy anyway. You can have the door closed and they're just going to walk in anyway. So, well, that's the the thing. I usually just leave the door open. So if I shut it, it was, I had a reason. I don't know why, but I would have needed more privacy for something. Being a girl, I, I can assume. Yeah, I can assume. But, a few I, why? but yes. yeah, like, you know. That's yeah, amazing. I'm assuming I needed a little more privacy and I didn't want two year olds helping me. Exactly. And or asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I was and like then, 25 at the time. I'm like, I really don't feel like navigating this with two year olds today. And so I probably just shut the door. Do- yeah. And how often do the two-year-olds then announce to their parents at dinner what you were yeah. doing? That's right. always really fun. Right. But right. That's an amazing story. I, I yeah. don't have anything <laughs> to top that one at all. Oh, no, it's a weird one. Like I never anticipated a bathroom doorknob yeah. breaking on me yeah. with two two-year-olds running around doing their own thing. I think the big moral of that story is leave the door open, but also always have your cell phone with you. Yeah. I don't like to take my cell phone into the bathroom, but. Understandably. You know, maybe in situations like that, it's a good idea. Now it would be fine because I would just be able to like, hey, Siri from across the room (laughs) and probably get a hold of somebody. But like. Yeah. Yeah. That is so funny. (laughs) Unbelievable. And to go back to troubleshooting, you had good communication with that dad because he didn't freak out and he came yeah. right over. And yeah. It was, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, oh, I had a job with twins and they were probably, they weren't two yet, but they were toddlers and we had gone to the aquarium and we were driving home. And, um, and it was a stay-at-home mom was probably one of my least favorite jobs of my whole my whole working career and I the car broke down on Elliot Mm, Uh, so if you're not listening from Seattle a really busy street 
and it was right before getting on 99. So it was like, yeah. And I was in that right lane to go on to 99. Oh my gosh. And it dies. People had to be so mad. I was like, people were actually, they started to just go around me. And then I'm not kidding you. This man came out of nowhere and he was like gray haired, wasn't very tall. Like this, I call him my angel. Cause like, he looked like an like he was white yeah. with white hair <laughs> and short and very soft spoken. And he just said, he said, um, you need, you know, I need to, we need to get you off the street because this isn't a good spot. And there was a building right there with a the driveway. And he yeah. like told me what to do. He put it neutral and he pushed me off to the side. Oh, and then he was gone, amazing. Laura. Yeah. He was gone. So I called. So it was a Well, he probably situation. had to move his car too. He was probably right no, behind you. No, no, he you. was walking. He wasn't oh. he didn't have a car. He was like from across on the I saw him on the side. Oh my gosh. From across the street. Yeah. I don't know who he was. Amazing. I, I can't explain anything about that other than to tell you that I got pushed off. So I called the mom and like this mom was very anxious. And yeah. we'll keep a lot of those stories for when we talk about anxiety. But like oh, literally yeah. I had to say <laughs> everything's fine, but like, I need you to take, like, everything's okay. The girls are fine. We're fine. But my car broke down and we're safe and they're safe. But I need you to come right now and come get them because my car's getting towed. <laughs> yeah. And I'll deal with me, but I need you to come get the baby. And, you know, she was at home. It wasn't a, I don't know what I would have done if it was a parent working because. I have that mindset of like, I'll figure everything out. I don't want to interrupt the parents' work schedule. Like, you know, I mean, I would have had to have in this situation. But um, anyway, it all worked out. But having good communication, which I didn't really with this mom. So that was where I had to like really spend Mm. a minute of explaining (laughs) before I could tell her really her a pep talk of, don't worry. Everything's okay. We're all okay. Yeah. I think, you know, commute like 90% of the drama and nanny jobs all boils down to communication. You're totally right. And, you know, that's one of the big things. Whenever I am interviewing a client, especially if it's a long-term client, if it's a month or whatever, like, Usually I'm, I have pretty, I would like to think I have pretty good communication skills. So I feel like just my end of being able to navigate that and figuring out other people's communication style will be able to get me through a short contract. But if it's like a two or three month contract, or if it's a long-term nanny contract, especially that's a big part of my interviewing process, because if we do not communicate the same way or Like I have to internalize a lot of stuff. I have to process things before I'm able to give a full response. And I know that about myself. So that's something that I need to explain to families during the interview process. It's like, I won't always have the information off the top of my head. I will do my best to have that information. But sometimes I will tell you, that's a great question. Let me look up some things and I will give you a full answer, but I need to process this first. And, you know, that's, that's fine. I feel like 
that's a very self-aware communication style, knowing myself. Um, but some families, that's not going to click with them. They want this information and they want it right now. And there's somebody out there who has all of this information, like right off the top of their head, and they're going to be able to snap to it and get you that information just off the cuff. I, I often need to like, think about it a little bit more to make sure I'm putting together a statement that is like coherent and Mm -hmm. it's easy to track for other people because my brain is not linear. (laughs) I jump from A to M back to G (laughs) and then over to like Q. It is all over the place. So I almost have to like put my thoughts together and then I have to organize it in a way that will make the most sense for other people. So, yeah, but that's just, yeah, that's my communication. That's just how I am. And luckily I found so many amazing families that understand that about my communication style, especially when it comes to relating facts about newborns or infants. Like I need to look that up. I always want to double check information Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. giving incorrect information. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's just me. And no, I I agree 100%. (laughs) And I'm very similar. And I certainly don't see myself any part of myself linear. Um, So I get that. And I appreciate that. I'm not, Mm. as an NCS postpartum doula, I've done great with my communication and my boundaries and I feel really good. And a lot of that are the years of nannying, but there are a few years where I did not know how to communicate with my um, nanny parents at all. And I didn't have a community like I have now of other professionals to bounce things off with. And I just held on to a lot and I dealt with a lot. Um, I allowed a lot. I mean, a lot of it was kind of my fault because I didn't stand up and create the boundaries I needed to. Yeah. Or, and I felt very uncomfortable with communicating. I, I just sort of felt like I had to deal with what was going, like it was my issue, not our issue. And I think that's huge because this is a very different kind of relationship than any other kind of relationship or working relationship. It's personal. I mean, we're in their home and we know the ins and outs of everything. We see everything, right? So it's not going to an office and closing your office door and getting your work done. And maybe you don't like your boss or maybe you really like your boss, but you guys have trouble like keeping it professional versus friend. You know, that can get sticky too. This is different. Well, I think... My big thought on that is that it is a very weird power dynamic because a nanny is brought in to be a co-parent. We're brought in to be, you know, in many families, a third parent or an additional parent, not always a third parent, but an additional parent, an additional caregiver, trusted caregiver. But at the same time, you're an employee. Exactly. So you have to, you know, be respectful of your boss and the power dynamic there, but you also need them to be respectful of the fact that you're coming in as the, as a third parent, as an additional parent. And it's, it's a weird dynamic. It's not your normal job. It's not, you know, a 
clear mm -hmm. hierarchy of this person is in charge. Mm -hmm. This is who I go to if there's a problem. Um, this is, you know, who helps me troubleshoot this issue or that issue. It's, we need to work together as a team, but also you pay me at the end of the day. So I don't know where that line is. And I think, you know, that's really where having an experienced nanny really pays off because they've already figured out the boundaries. They've already figured out the communication. They already know how to express themselves in, in, in like a coherent way and yeah. also respectful of everybody in the situation, not just respectful of the boss, but also respectful of themselves as an employee. And yeah, that comes with experience. That's not easy. I, you know, I also had several jobs towards the beginning of my career where I didn't have great communication and I didn't understand good, clear boundaries and what was healthy and what was unhealthy, what was sustainable and what mm -hmm. was going to end up burning me out. And yeah, it's, it's hard. I had one contract towards the very beginning of my career that only lasted a year. And I'm one of those people, if I'm with a, if I'm a nanny, I stay with a family for several years, mm -hmm. but this family, I burned out in less than a year and I was just overworked. I didn't have great boundaries. I didn't have a great schedule because I was letting that boundary get walked on. And that's, you know, part, just as much my fault as anybody else's because I didn't establish that boundary. And yeah, I learned a lot from that situation. And I feel like if I were in a similar situation now, I would feel more comfortable being like, you know, that's not going to be a sustainable situation for me. I'm happy to do this like this one time as a favor, but I can't be shifting my schedule that much on an ongoing basis. I need more, more stability, more of a schedule than yeah. that. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's important. <laughs> it is huge. The other thing that puts into play, and I'm sure I'm going to guess that you had this with that job was, I mean, you're dealing with two parents maybe, or even maybe four, if it's a share, but if you're dealing with two mm -hmm. parents, sometimes those two parents don't even have a good communication style with each other. So yeah. how are they going to have that with you? So it's navigating that it's, it, it's, it's so complicated. So, um, I don't oh know, troubleshooting gosh. that. What do you think? Well, I <laughs> just, that just kind of brought up another thing for me being a nanny is I've had several times when I've walked into a home and I could tell the parents were arguing right before I walked oh. in. Yes. You know, and it was just the tension in the room is palpable. I can pick yeah. it up. I know that the baby's going to pick it up if they haven't already, but oh, yeah. just, yeah, walking into the middle of a fight and I don't have any idea what's going on. But one parent is like zipping out because they're done. And the other parent mm -hmm. is like doing dishes over in a corner so that I can't see their face. Right. Yeah. And, and then what? It's like, yeah. And like, especially back in my nanny days, I was like, I don't have the skills to navigate this right now. Like, what do you do in that situation? Like, you don't want to bring it up and be like, are you okay? But at the same time, in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, 
I should ask them if they're okay or if they need anything, like what's going on. But at the same time, you don't want to pry and it's your boss on top of that. And you're like, okay, I've got two bosses who are fighting right now. And this is really, really awkward for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, it's not easy. You, I mean, I've had that. I don't think there's a nanny on the planet who hasn't right. encountered that. But like, the other, even about... with great families who have great communication, oh, we're all no. going to have of our bad days. We, I mean, every relationship has tension. There's no question. It's, it's hard to raise children. Yeah. I mean, it is incredibly hard. It never ends. Your stress level mm-hmm. never ends because you're always concerned about tomorrow. If, even if today yeah. went really well, you've got a concern for tomorrow. What mm-hmm. about the parents? Um, this is another goodie where one parent doesn't have any idea of the schedule. Like, and I'm not talking about your day schedule, but yeah. something that's happening after when they get home from work with the children. <laughs> yeah. And one parent is like, what? I don't, I didn't know other parent didn't tell me and you're you're like oh well this is what's happening you need to take child here I mean yeah and then part of you is like are you sure because I was on that text chain and you were on that and maybe yeah buried or because but then I learned right when I had that happen x amount of times I started just sending texts to that parent saying, just so you know, today, this is what's happening. Like early in the day. Yeah. Are yeah, you able? Giving them some and like, warning. Warning. And then sort of playing a passive aggressive, like, are you able to take, cause I can stay if you need me to, but mm. you know, Oh no, no, that's great. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. I wasn't, I didn't know about that, but thanks for let, letting me know. So this relationship is like, we're like <laughs> kind of like a counselor. Well, we're yeah. the nanny, right? You're the caregiver and you're kind of a counselor and you're a chef kind of and you're a mediator, a mediator and you're, <laughs> you're a bus driver and Oof. you're a, you're a referee because the kids, right? The, the fighting Sometimes you're a referee for the parents. The parent, right? <laughs> um, like, oh, that's not to else? talk crap about anybody. Like we've all had those moments, but like. Oh yeah, no, for sure. You're in the middle of everything. Well, and you know, I and there's had, no one to I've go to. Jobs. There's no HR. Well, yeah. Well, I've also had jobs where I was the household assistant, so I was also navigating contractors coming in and out of the house. I was <sighs> navigating a house remodel. I was navigating lawn services coming in and out. I was navigating, you know anything if the electrician needed to come by and approve blah 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 for the remodel I was the one trying to navigate and schedule that around naps and you know it was one of those situations where I wasn't hired as a household assistant but because there was a baby in the home they made it they gave me autonomy on that they were like we're wanting to schedule with this person you set it up we will figure out everything financially. This is the person we've decided to go with, but we want you to set up the schedule. We want you to set up the appointments so that it works with your guys's daily schedule. So yeah, I was navigating a lot of that. Oh, and house cleaners and everything else. Let me ask you this. Just, I, I'm just curious because I never thought about this till you just 
we were just having this conversation. Yeah. What happens in that situation when let's say the landscapers came and they did something like something looked terrible and you thought it was fine, but the homeowner came home and was like, oh my gosh, this is awful. I didn't want them. Did you have to do no, that or did they? But okay. I wasn't the manager. So that, I think that's the big difference for me between a household manager and a household assistant, assistant is that didn't come back to me. They were the one who chose the contractor. They the were manager, the one not, who, well, the parents, the parents, the parents, the parents hired okay. whatever contractor they hired the lawn service. Right, they hired right. that they communicated everything. So it wasn't okay. my responsibility to communicate okay, what okay. needed to be You're, done. I was just facilitating. So I I guess I was that person too, without getting paid to be that person. Yeah, yeah, we've all done it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't even realize it was sort of just like, well, I'm here. Um, So household, just out of curiosity, do you know the household manager would have to deal with all that? And then they would be dealing with the angered parent and then they'd have to take In some, yeah, in some instances, yes. And that's why they um, and, get paid what they get paid. Yeah, because they're the ones who take the brunt of it if something doesn't go right. right. Um, and that I feel like even is a more like I'm sputtering. That's an even stronger reason to have good communication with your employer, especially if you're a household manager, because you're you are responsible. They will communicate to you what they want mm-hmm. done. And it's your mm-hmm. job to make sure you understand exactly what your employer is communicating and then go out and independently hire somebody to do that job, bring them in, have them do that job. And if it's not done the way the employer was envisioning, that's back to you because right. you are the one who brought that person in. Right. Or if it's shoddy work, that's back to you because you didn't do your due diligence and, right. you know, looking at reviews, contacting prior people who would also work with that contractor, things like that. So like for me as a household assistant, yeah, like all I had to do was schedule stuff and make sure that we were there to facilitate the meeting, you know, if somebody needed to be at the home. But beyond that, like it wasn't my responsibility. Right. Um. That's really interesting. I just going back to this whole complicated job, being a caretaker in somebody's house, especially work from home. I mean, just talking to you about it, I never even really thought about how complicated, you know, while I was in it, I was just in it. And, and like I said, I stayed 12 years. It was a great relationship and I would have stayed longer if we didn't have COVID hit. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, now I can really under, kind of have a little more compassion towards both sides of the coin, the parents who are frustrated with the caretaker and the caretaker who are frustrated with the parent. Yeah. It's really complicated not having an HR department, not having really clear boundaries of the job. Who's in Sorry, charge. my Not's nephew okay. is losing his it's mind. Okay. You can barely <laughs> hear it. And okay. that's, that's reality. I mean, that's like us working, right? I mean, there's yeah. reality. Kids are kids. And I actually yeah. think it's cool. So the, the, like you said, the communication is huge. Yes. The schedule is huge. Can you think before yes. we wrap up this 
week's podcast. Can you think of anything else? Um, yeah, I think knowing your boundaries is really important and knowing how to communicate that. I mean, it all comes back to communication. I think we all need to be aware of the power dynamics involved so that we yeah. can give each other a little more grace and Definitely. understanding. Definitely. And compassion. Uh, yeah. yeah, compassion. A lot, so much compassion. And just understanding that at the end of the day, we're all just doing our best and we all yeah. have the same goals and we're all working towards those goals. And it may look different for different people but we're all trying to get there. Totally. And 99% of nannies and caregivers and NCS and doulas and whatever, the whole package, 99% of us are, um, we're, we're givers. We're, you know, we want to just give, 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 give. And we're comfortable with that. And we really, when things feel out of whack, we just want to try to like make it better by giving more. And that sometimes is just digging a bigger hole. And, And I, sitting here and talking with you today and knowing my limitations with communication and how poor I was at communicating at certain times in this conversation we've had, I think the maybe the best thing to do is starting out a weekly check-in and keeping up with it. Cause I've had jobs where that we were supposed to do that and it fizzled out. And I'm always a little timid about bringing it up because I'm always afraid they're going to bring up things that are negative about me. Like I get super yeah. anxious and super like introverted about it. And I think if you just set it up as like every Friday for 10 minutes, we're going to like, since you're working from home, we're going to come out of the office 10 minutes before you have to leave. And we're going to have a sit down and just, Hey, what worked? Well? Just like we do as a doula, what worked well yeah. last night? What could we do differently? That yeah. Just as simple as that. And I think that might take care of a huge portion of the miscommunication and misunderstanding. For sure. And I think with that, it has to be intentional. Like, Everybody has to be on board and it has to be intentional. It can't just be a like, oh, we'll check in once a week, but when are you going to do that? Is that going to be on Mondays? Is that going to be Fridays? No, designate a time and make it a point where it's... And not on Nanny's time. If (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, it has to be on the clock because nobody should be expected to stay after they're off the clock to have a discussion with their boss. But like, regardless of field, like that should be across the board. Um, But yeah, just making an intentional time where at least one caregiver or not caregiver, uh, one parent, but ideally all parents in the household are Mm -hmm. there and you have that discussion. It doesn't have to be every week, but it does have to be intentional. Like you could say, okay, mm-hmm. the first Friday of every month or every other Friday and put it in your calendar, write it down, make yeah. it a designated time from 4.50 to five o'clock on yeah. these days, we are going to be st- talking and making right. sure everybody is still feeling comfortable. Everybody is feeling heard. Everybody's ad- uh, concerns are being addressed. 
And we're going to talk about the energy exchange because that's huge because if somebody's giving a lot of energy and they're not feeling like their energy is being replenished, then that's going to cause burnout. So that needs to be talked about too. And that could go on both sides of things because if the parents aren't feeling like they're being supported and it feels like their energy is being sucked out, then they can't be the best parents they can be. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. if a caregiver feels like they're pouring a lot of energy out, but they're not getting anything back, then that's not going to be a sustainable job for them. Because as much as we love the families, as much as we truly, truly love the babies, it is a job. And if a job isn't working, then it's not working. And Grace, the the hinge before the the door can't come off, you know, like, yeah, let's fix yeah. it before it's a problem. Yeah. Let's don't let it snowball. Don't let it snowball because the teeniest little thing can really put people off when you're yeah. giving caregivers are giving their all. And if they're not, yeah. that needs to be addressed. Cause I know that, I mean, there's people, most people in this industry are, I mean, I think it's that misconception of the bad name. I mean, yeah, I think most nannies are really doing it because they love it. They're not doing it for the money. I mean, let's be honest. No, no. <laughs> if, if you're to like, you know, divide out the energy, the hours and the responsibilities to, to this, the pay, it's not much. So they're not it really doing isn't. It the pay. They're really doing it because they love it. And they're, they're making a living and they should be making a, a good living, but they love it. And that's why they're doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was heartbreaking when the contracts ended, yeah. but I don't regret any of it. It was amazing. No. It was such a great experience. And don't you think it makes us better um, do less like just. Yeah, that background that it's like, yeah, bone we have that not the ones that weren't. I just think that it's like having this understanding. Yeah, yeah, because with doulas, you come in and you know, it's a brand new baby, and the family is growing, and it's such a wonderful time. And while there might be high emotions at times, generally the whole family is in a good place. Yeah. With nanny jobs, you see the highs and you see the lows and you don't just see the honeymoon period right after a baby comes home. You see life and you see everybody down to their core. You see everything and you completely understand the family inside and out. And I think, yeah, like you were saying, that's really made me a better caregiver as an NCS and doula because I'm really good at picking up on the undertones of what's going on in a situation. Mm -hmm. And I can tell by like a little snip from one parent (laughs) or another whether this is a one time I'm overtired and hungry versus a Mm -hmm. this is an ongoing thing this is who I am yeah yeah and I I'm pretty good at reading those cues now so I mean I think that makes me a good caregiver but I think it also makes me 
a little more aware of who I'm willing to work with, even in the interview process. Cause I'm like, mm, I know how that <laughs> communication works. And I don't think I'm going to be the best caregiver just because my communication style is so different. Right. Oh, you're so good. I just love having conversations with Thanks. you. I always learn something. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, I feel the same way, but I don't know if I see it in myself and I, you're just a good teacher. So I appreciate oh, you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you too. Well, and that brings us to the end of this yeah. almost hour of- uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. No, I yeah, feel like I it was we great. Had, we had a lot of good information. And if you have any questions for us, um, yes. we have a Facebook page, right, Laura? You want to tell the Yeah. Um, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group, and they're both called Troubleshooting Baby. Um, it should be the same profile picture as the thumbnail for this podcast. So it should be pretty easy to figure out if it's us. Um, and then also we have an email, which is troubleshootingbaby at gmail.com. We're super curious of what questions you have and we just love to dig and dive into whether you're a parent or a caregiver. Yeah. We'd love to just chat it all out, right? Yeah, we would. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to, I want to talk to people. It's COVID and I need friends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And we love to learn. So even if it's yeah. something we don't have a lot of knowledge on, we will, we'll figure it out. I'll research it. I love researching. So, yep. <laughs> Me too. And between us, we have a lot of education behind us. Yeah, we do. So stump us. Yeah, I would. Yeah, no, please do. <laughs> awesome. Well, it was so Thank great talking you. with you. And oh, so I'm looking to forward to the you. next one. I know. <laughs> All right, until then, bye. <laughs> bye.